Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to one day early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. I'm Tamara Thomas, Editor-in-Chief of UrbanHealthToday.com, part of the Blackwire family of medical news sites, and I want to thank you for tuning in to Urban Health Weekly. Our goal each week is to keep you informed of the latest in health and medical news right from today's headlines. It's time to empower yourself with open conversations about your medical care with news that matters to you. So are you ready? Let's get started. Welcome to Urban Health Weekly. I'm Tamara Thomas, and I'm here with my friends, Jackie and Louie, and we've got a great show for you today. But how are you guys doing? Doing all right over here. Snow day, no school today. Oh, well, today was a school day for me, but that's okay. Today was a shoveling day, but uh, that counted as my workout for the day. (laughs) So far, I'm all right. All right. I, Lou, I know you don't want to talk before. We're going to talk about Betty White and we're going to talk about um, aging into your hundred plus if you can. Um, but before that, yeah, I know you don't want to talk about this. I'm not sure why, but you've, you've expressed your concern about talking about this, but mm-hmm. I just want to put it out there. There are new FDA uh, guidelines that require foods with GMO ingredients to be labeled bioengineered. Oh. Oh. I, I think I think this is fantastic news. Labels on some food products are changing thanks to new guidance now in effect from the Department of Agriculture. Foods that have been labeled as containing genetically modified organisms or GMOs will now be known as bioengineered or having been derived from bioengineering under standards set by the, um, the USDA. Um, and it's their National Bioengineered Food Disclosure Standard that took effect on January 1st. Critics of the new labeling see it as nothing but a win for big food businesses because they're not using the term GMO. GMOs are now gone and the label for genetically modified foods is now bioengineered, whatever that means. It sounds much less threatening. It's adorable. It has a bucolic farm scene on it. So it's not only bioengineered, it's your fantasy of rural America. That quote is from Marian Nessel, semi-retired professor of nutrition and food studies at New York University. And I have to say that as much as I admire um, Ms. Nessel, I uh, have to disagree with 
the venerable woman. I think name change aside, I think this is a huge step forward for consumer protections. I never thought this day would come in America like ever. Like I never thought that, the, that they already do it in Europe, the European Union. Oh yeah, all my European relatives are very big about not getting GMO stuff. Right, and, and they can identify, they can go to a supermarket and they can identify, okay, this is, and then you can make a decision with your wallet. Like, do you want this bioengineering? Do you not care? But, you know, people should be given the choice. And so I never thought I would see this day come. Uh, also, can we not envision a scenario where people just pull out their phones and look up the word bioengineered? I mean, well, did you see that logo, by the way? It is really like the cutest logo. It makes you, it, it feels like a very organic logo. Like I could see how like it's a, it's a little bit sneaky. It's misleading. Yeah, I think so. Well, I'll tell you, my reason is that pretty soon we're going to start putting like skull and crossbones. Yeah. Um, skull and crossbones. Next, yeah, the skull and crossbones next to every food that I like. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not particularly, I'm not particularly picky in the supermarket, I guess. Um, I figure if I ate that crud in the 60s and 70s growing up and I'm still alive, uh, ah. it doesn't kill you all that quickly. That said, there is scientific reasoning for all of this, and it should be taken seriously. However, I, I just feel that not all of these labels on foods are equally as alarming. Uh, but, you know, how do I know that as a layperson? And, and when it comes to food, I am a layperson. Well, I'm looking at the label now. I see what you're saying. It is kind of cute looking. You've got the sun, and then you've got the. Uh... The little plant and you see the little fields and it says bioengineered and it's green All green yeah it's like <laughs> partially produced with genetic engineering so i can see where it, it is misleading and person but i i mean i pull out my phone if i don't know what something have you ever done that in the supermarket no you've never i look for it well this is where i i look for things that say organic if i can mm -hmm. and uh, i think organic includes non-gmo Right. That's part of it. And so that part, I feel like, you know, looking for the words organic, um, though there is something about like the feed they talk about, like, like if you buy like organic beef uh, or does it need and to be fed, Right. And the grain that they're raised on is GMO. You don't find that out. That's that's bad. Right. But so that's where you go for like grass fed, grass finished or, you know, that kind of terminology. It gets right. so it those are terms that you should look for. Yeah, you're right. So you don't think that it's a step in the right direction? Well, uh, or do you think it's not enough? I think it's window dressing. I just, I don't know that it's, it's just like a, it's like a new, that like they're coming up with a new logo. Isn't that what they're doing? Isn't it? Yeah, just it's, a, it's a huge concession to the food industry to be sure. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to look at it for the win that it is because you know, years, I just feel like it's a new they just changed up the uh, they just changed up the name. I don't know people that people had to learn what GMO is, and I think people will learn what bioengineered means. Okay, uh, I, I I don't know. I guess I have faith in people. You feel like the word bioengineer is like a uh, a clearer turn than GMO because it's not genetically mod like when I hear the word genetically modified, like wow, that one like really catches. Well, Those yeah, everyone knows GMO because it's it's part of the lexicon. Yes. But I think bioengineered will be become part of the, the lexicon as well. People had to learn GMO. 
And I think people will learn. Like if I saw a bioengineer and I didn't know what that meant, I would pull out my phone and be like, what the hell does that mean? But uh, I think, yeah, I think it's like, uh, if you're that kind of consumer, like I'm that kind of consumer, you're that kind of consumer. Lou's not that kind of consumer, apparently, because he, he doesn't want to know. He just wants to play. Yeah, he said he said that he was like, well, I ate the crud in the 60s. I think the crud now is cruddier than the crud from the 60s. Yes. I think I think, yes, exactly. I think it's even cruddier than ever. It's more sneakily, more processed, more everything. Maybe that crud in the 60s wasn't that bad in comparison. Yeah, I guess. It, it was. <laughs> yeah, if you compare it to the 70s and, you know, and even going back to the 50s when there was no such thing, of course the food supply, but that's why a lot of older people are in, in denial. Also when you're like a mom, you got to buy food for your kids. So like, that's kind of, you feel like that's part of, you want to know what you're feeding your kid and what you're feeding yourself. Maybe some people are just more, eh, they don't want to know. They don't, they're not so stressed about it. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people shop price more than they shop um, okay. quality of food. Yeah. I, the one difference that I do see uh-huh. is how long things last. I mean, back in the day, that's true. A loaf of bread would last you three days before it started getting green. I don't want to gross here, but after three days, it'd be either moldy or taste horrible. You know, you, things you ate them and they were fresh. They tasted fresher, but you had to eat them real fast. Wait, would How- this be like a supermarket bread or like a bakery bread? A supermarket bread? Supermarket bakery yeah. and stuff is bakery stuff. But yeah, a right, supermarket okay. bread, a supermarket bread would wouldn't last as long. And and another. You know, and, and I think it's because of the preservatives, also like the labels. And, you know, I was just a kid, but the labels seemed a lot shorter back then. And I don't know. If <laughs> yeah. I don't know. No, if you're right. They do have a lot more stuff. Way more stuff going on. Are uh, they, are they updated to label? Engineers are hard at work in these laboratories and, and processing food for mouthfeel and they have all of these um it's way more processed now than it was so that they wanted to they want they wanted to taste uh how it used to taste but they're not making it how they used to how they used to make it and so that's where all the the engineering um and the food science comes in where you know they want people to think that they're getting the same thing but that what they're actually doing is they're making it way cheaper and selling it for the same price um, or for more money. I don't know. I'm still very hopeful. I still feel very okay. encouraged by this. I think bioengineered, I think people will learn what bioengineered means. I, I get Marion Nestle's beef that um, it is uh, bucolic and it does look cute. And But I think people will eventually, I think bioengineered will, will be picked up in the lexicon just like GMO was. And the most important thing for me is that the information is now out there. And you now have the choice. If you don't educate yourself, then that's on you. But the but the onus is now it's out there. It's on you. I don't like you know that the that the the meats are not held to the the same standard. Oh, so but it's keeping the consumer come. in the dark. Now they're you're feeling yeah. like this is not keeping the this is allowing the consumer. I think this is giving consumers the opportunity to be more educated about their food supply. Okay. We're in a crisis right now with so many young people coming up with all kinds of um, colorectal cancers, breast cancers, and much younger. And it's because of the food supply. And I think if people are empowered um, with information, 
whether they use that information right away or not, um, I think that's a huge step. I think the choice should be people's choice and people will choose with their, with their pockets. And then I think that'll put companies on the hook to stop using that stuff because you, we're not going to buy your stuff if, if it's bioengineered. And it's going to take time. But I think this is the, the first step. So you're feeling this is the first step where there was some transparency and the pressure. Well, I mean, yes, we should have done this a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. So, right. that, so that's my, you know, I know that it's not enough, um, but I think it's better than nothing. I think this is a whole lot better than nothing. It's a step. It's a huge step because okay. I never thought this would happen. I truly never thought this would happen ever in this country ever. Wow. Here we are. Well, did you ever think this was going to happen? I don't know. I, yeah, I, I guess I did. I guess I thought like that, you know, the consumers will pressure just because, you know, when you're interested in health food um, and then it becomes in vogue and um, people are, t- I guess because I, I'm that kind of consumer. So I just figured, well, maybe that was a mistake. <laughs> I always like to throw business and numbers into things. So I'm gonna, I'm just yes, gonna please, throw out one number please here. Do. I'm gonna throw out one number here. I was just reading a book uh, not too long ago and the population of the planet in the year, in the year 19, 1900 was 1.7 billion people. Wow, what a difference. There's now 7 billion people on the planet. We gotta feed these people. There's just not enough fish in the ocean. There's just not enough cows in the pastures. Even having too many cows uh, with the methane and everything is bad for the environment. And the meat is bad for the environment. We've gotta figure out ways. But that's not entirely true. But we're not gonna get stuck in in that loop. The the people and I- No, no, I'm saying the people are here, but you know, the whole argument that the cows and the methane and all of that, that's because they're not being fed a natural grass diet. When they're being fed on grass and grazing, we don't have that issue. So, but anyway, go ahead. Bad analogy, but- No, it's not a bad analogy. The fact remains that we have to feed these people. So are you taking the position that by bioengineering, it's gonna provide more food for our our yes. more populated planet. Part of the, part You're of saying the, it's a necessity in order to deliver. The, a lot of the stuff that's bioengineering is so that the pests don't eat the food. You get greater crop yield. You know, they figure out how, you know, which seeds give more strawberries or whatever. Yeah, another analogy. They're not, they're not more nutritionally dense, though. No, that's the problem. They're not nutritionally yeah. dense. The body doesn't recognize some of these these uh, genetic uh, right. things that they do to the food. And a lot of the stuff they do to the food is not making it more, um, it's not making it more necessarily pest resistant. It's making it more able to handle more pesticides. So you can like really layer the pesticides. It's giving right. the plant resilience. Yeah, and like the plant the itself becomes yeah. a pesticide. Do you really want that in your body? Look, the bottom line is that the 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 uh, DNA is being altered or whatever. Yes, absolutely. Is being altered to a increase yield and b to increase shelf life. But what it's also it's doing to the human, but what it's also doing to the human body, Lou, is it's changing our DNA when we eat that. It's your splicing. I agree. I agree. And uh, you know, th- this is a perfect segue into the next part of our show about longevity. Don't you dare push me along. I'm not pushing you <laughs> I am the producer here. But uh, 
fine. But, but, moving no, but, on. But but you know one of the one of the keys to longevity is wealth, and one of the keys to wealth is being well, able we... to afford better food. Okay, I know. Well, it's apparently making some companies very wealthy. All this genetically uh, modified stuff. That's not necessarily more nutritionally dense and helping everybody or helping necessarily farmers. But guess and what? In the organic side of the supermarket, you pay 20, 30% more. That is so true. Okay. It's true. It is more expensive. I, I rest my case. More. If you've got the money, you can go to that green side of the supermarket. I would make a different do. argument. Uh, it also would- keeps the earth. Everything's better when they're using organic methods. It's better Thank for the you. soil. It's better. I mean, Thank you. it's better for the environment. It's better for the everything. It's more It's better for the earth. Thank you. But, right. earth, but, lovers. Okay. Yes, yes, earth, earth lovers. I love my mama. Yes, that's right. how it works. <laughs> right. Well, so, all right. So we're moving on since he's pushed me along and he doesn't <laughs> talk about it. So Betty White, America's sweetheart, yeah. uh, just died. Um, her agent says that the actress died peacefully in her sleep at her home of natural causes. That's how I want to go. Right? How can we all go that way? Social yeah. media posts claim that uh, Miss White had received a COVID-19 booster, though, vaccine booster on December 28th with a fabricated quote that read, eat healthy and get all your vaccines. I just got boosted today. Oh, Um, that's so sneaky. The quote has turned up on Facebook and Twitter, according to reports from the Associated Press, and has led people to think that her death might be related to the shot. First of all, does she, do you really think she speaks like that? Second of all, how depraved can you be that Uh, you take this poor woman who just passed away and try to fabricate a quote to push an agenda. Well, what are you guys thinking? I just can't wrap my mind around it that you know that there's just not even any respect for the dead when it comes to an agenda. It's terrible. Oh yeah, that's been going on for a while, hasn't it? Unbelievable. Anyway, so what does natural causes mean? And how can we all strive to die of natural causes? That's what I wanna know. So according (laughs) to Lewis Nelson, uh, MD, chair of emergency medicine at Rutgers, New Jersey uh, Medical School, he said, Things just sort of stop. It basically means that the death was not due to a non-natural event, such as suicide or homicide. Now, I will take issue with one thing that he did say. He said, technically, things like heart attacks, cancer, and infections could be considered natural, given that they happen to people without any outside force. That, I feel, is completely incorrect, and I don't agree with that categorization at all, because those types of deaths... Um, cancer, heart attacks, and infections, they are totally outside forces. Um, much like slowly poisoning yourself over a long period of time. You don't just get a heart attack uh, on your own. Are they calling it that because it's the, that's just a freak, the frequent occurrence of that, like the frequency? You know, I, I'm not here to, to, to sort of read into what he said, but if I took it on face value, He's saying that because it wasn't a gunshot or a Mack truck okay. mowing you down, that that because it happened inside the body, that that could be natural. But I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that classification. So, uh, an infectious disease would not be natural. Sepsis came from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Cancer came from somewhere. A heart attack came from somewhere. 
you know, a, a lot of this is like lifestyle stuff or well, is a genetic uh, thing. If you have a genetic a familial, you genetic can have thing. a genetic predisposition to something, but there is an outside force that pushes that button or activates those genes uh, towards your cancer or your heart attack. You don't just get a heart attack. Well, I, I frequently get a heart attack. I feel like in general, the theme that your theme is often we have control and we need to take action and do the most for our health. Yeah, and I, and I a lot of people who have gene mutations for cancer that don't ever get cancer. And That's there are true. people who have no That's genetic true. mutations for cancer. It's much more cancer. complex than, yes. than we'd like to think. But I, I'm a little more like sometimes I recognize that people are trying to do well and uh, there are certain things that we don't know about yet. But I feel right. like it doesn't abdicate responsibility. We still have to stay in the fight of trying to be healthy, trying to eat right, and just, <sighs> yeah, it never ends. You got to keep fighting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, somebody said, you know, Betty White died uh, of heart failure. Not a heart attack, just call it heart failure, broader, a broader term at 99. No one would bat an eye because her, it's natural causes. But it wouldn't uh, be a heart attack. It would just have her heart would have stopped. Well, heart failure, heart attack, or heart no, attack no. Is, is in there. You no, know, heart it, failure is heart, different from heart attack. But if somebody says Betty White of 62 years old died of a heart attack, right? That's mo- that's that's the more common you occurrence. Think that's so natural, you know? If, uh, if she died of heart failure at 99, her heart just stopped in her sleep and. God bless. You know, but that's that's what they're saying. She just died. I mean, she might have died of a stroke. No, I'm not. No, I'm not disagreeing. I'm talking about I'm talking about his definition of natural causes. Look, I don't want to get hung up on it. I'm just saying that when he says technically his quote is technically things like heart attacks, cancer and infections could be considered natural. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with that. I don't think those are natural things. That's all I was saying. That's all. But the definition of, you know. um, Yeah. What is the is there an official definition? that the death was not due to a non-natural event such as suicide or homicide. Okay. The things just, the things just stopped, you know, you know, it's like you have a car and then after like, you know, 300, 400,000 miles, it just, all of a sudden stuff just doesn't work the same anymore. Mm-hmm. And it just stopped one day. It's one day it's rolling along on the road. And then the next day you start it up and it's just gone. Mm-hmm. And there's no like, well, I don't know what happened to it. Well, the car is like, <laughs> it's a very old car. <laughs> xyz amount of mileage yeah yeah you know it's 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 had a long haul and you know and that's it and it's just time to get a new car but if you're if you're new your brand new car uh of less than a year that was manufactured two years ago stopped yeah you'd have some issues with that right so you know that's that's all it is it, it you know and there wouldn't that wouldn't be a natural cause so right. I was taking issue where he said that heart attacks cancer and infections could be considered natural I don't agree with that at all you know, those are those are, are lifestyle uh, things that act upon the body. Mostly lifestyle. Yes, mostly mm-hmm. lifestyle, some genetic, but mostly lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't think people just, you know, are predestined to get cancer and it just automatically happens. It's okay. You might you might have a family history of cancer, but that doesn't necessarily mean you will get cancer. You know, those are genes that can be, ex- shut, you know, expressed or not expressed. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, look, I'll agree with you that the natural causes definition is too much of a catch-all and just too too wide. 
But what I also like to say is the older you get, the more natural causes. There's more fit. natural causes. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I know. Natural I, causes accumulate. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's that was the case with Betty. I just took issue with this. Yeah. This sentence that he made. At, at 99, said, the only unnatural cause is you fell out a window, somebody shot you. You know, aside right. from that, everything else is natural. Yeah, I mean, they don't even do autopsies on people after a certain age. It's like, yeah. eh, they had a nice yeah. long life. Right. You know, even our reaction to people dying at like, you know, 90 and 90s, it's like, oh, okay. How old are they? Yeah, they had, yeah, they had a good run. They had a good run. Exactly. Yeah, we're all envious. That was a very good run. Yeah, that was an excellent run. And it was just a well-lived life. Birthday. And by the way, they're doing some sort of a memorial thing, uh, creating some sort of memorial thing uh, for her 100th, you know, celebrating her 100th. Well, speaking of old age, did you know that poor sleep may cause you to feel older than you are? I could tell you that. Oh. Well, here's why. Researchers have found a link between poor sleep and negative feelings about aging. Poor sleep can also have detrimental effects on health. Getting better sleep may improve your experience as you grow older. And experts say there are several scientifically proven steps you can follow to get a better night's sleep. Um, I think getting a good night's sleep is super duper important. And I am guilty of not that I don't get a good night's sleep, but I have poor sleep hygiene, meaning I don't go to bed at a decent hour. I still get, I still manage to get six to seven hours, but I'm not getting in bed and doing that whole thing of, you know, winding down my day and all of this other stuff, which uh, let me ask you, do you try to go to bed around the same time every night? Cause that was the, well, I have to take a sleep medicine too, but I try to get to sleep at the same time, just about every night and try to get up around the same time every day. And that's really helped me a lot. But yeah, I, you know. I do have a drop dead time. Like I, I, you know, whether I finish or not, <laughs> no, no, not drop dead. Like I fall asleep. At night. <laughs> that's what I thought you meant. Okay. Uh, it's really getting to be past the time that I should yeah. be in bed. And I just like, okay, whatever it is, I just have to stop and I'll just deal with it tomorrow. And then I'll, yeah. So that, so that's what I'll do. But as far as like wrapping everything up, let's say by eight o'clock and then having my shower and then being in bed by nine o'clock and then reading or knitting or whatever until I fall asleep. That's not happening. Okay. What about you, Lou? I, I kind of turn off, turn off or turn down electronics uh, at nine. And uh, I start watching something on television and I wake up the next morning with that show finished <laughs> for the entire series sometimes, you know. I'll start out with episode one. I'll be at, at episode eight, you know. Are you saying the screen is on the entire night? No, but uh, sometimes. Okay. But, but for the most part, for the most part, it's, uh, it, it's kind of, can I use the term natural causes? <laughs> No, that's a poor choice. But, uh, but, I do, uh, but I do wake up uh, at five every day or before. At 4.45, I wake up. And religiously, whether there's an alarm or not, my eyes pop open. And, yeah, and right. there I am. 10 key health appointments to schedule starting in your 40s and 50s. Okay. And let's do that one 
when we come when we come back sir yes sir and we will take a break and we will be right back frenchman to oak street tremaine gentilly and the cbd v102.3 whidfm the vibe of the city for human rights and social justice whid 102.3 fm And I want to talk to you about the 10 key health appointments to schedule starting in your 40s and 50s. It's a new year and everyone's making uh, resolutions to be healthier and fitter. What is that? Early to bed, early to rise, make the men healthy, wealthy, and wise. That's uh, something like that. that, Yeah, yeah, that's Ben Franklin. That's words to live by. Oh, that's Ben. Thank you. That's Ben Franklin. I'm such an ignoramus Mm -hmm. about like who says what. Anyway. Um, so the main doctor's appointments that everyone should be doing are your general physical. Okay. Your vaccinations, of course, right? Diabetes screening. That's the A1C, the blood test. That one's huge. Yeah. Because, you know, diabetes is associated with a lot of, um, hormonal, um, conditions like polycystic ovary, uh, syndrome, PCOS uh, thyroid conditions, uh, you name it. So you want to stay on top of your, your diet. That is a chronic disease of complications. That's just awful. I mean, it really, it just informs all Western. Exactly. Yes. Um, your STI screenings. Don't think that because you're in a loving committed. Yeah. I've heard about that, that a lot of people in their forties, fifties, and sixties are back out there and they seem to have no idea about using God. Like how yeah, they think it's only for young people. It's like, yeah, not- no, it's not. They're the worst population for that. Yeah, they, exactly. the, they are the least informed, the most clueless, the most careless they need to get on that bad wagon and and you know they're finding it among a lot of like older people as well because they're from generation where what stds no not oh yeah and uninformed about the newest stds that are out there like some people who've never heard of hpv and things like that and they're cut the and you're getting people are like i don't need to use a condom like like that old thing like yes um, exactly uh, I'm not it's a sailor. Only sleeping with other people their age that somehow that, that right, makes- and they're the most, <laughs> yeah, the most vulnerable to like HPV was, and stuff. When I was going to help uh, Ed back in, I guess the early seventies, the, the early aughts, the yeah. early aughts, mm-hmm. the only disease you could catch was syphilis and gonorrhea. Everything else was a con- Some of it didn't. A lot of it didn't exist. There was but no did you wear a condom? Or- uh, I think it existed. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they existed, but the question to Lou is, did you use protection or did you hope and pray? I'm going to guess no, because it was the the 70s. I could take the fifth, but I think I used all of the above and I had a big magnifying glass. And I I would do self-exams. I would go to the church and pray to a statue. Virgin Guadalupe. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 
quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Please protect you know, me. <laughs> I, I this, like, uh, reference check. And I'd ask people, you know, that wow. over there, is she loose? And people go, yeah. Go, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> after the fact, that's the best bit. <laughs> it's all after the fact. Yeah, you know what? That at least, at least, if you get a checkup after the fact, that's a start. <laughs> yeah, I would argue you should probably check yourself before and then after. And the only place to go is Planned Parenthood, because of course you wouldn't go to your family physician. No, because you don't want everybody to know your business. That's right. That's the important part of Planned Parenthood for everyday people. Yeah. Yes, so you yes. show up to the office. Yeah, you know, and I'm, glad you, and I'm so glad you said that because a lot of people think that all Planned Parenthood does is um, or, it does so abortion. much, but it they, so much. that is where a lot of young people go to take to care start. of their, their, their health. Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of Planned Parenthood, gynecological exam. Learning is happening at any given moment around the world because of the Alzheimer's Association. They convene and connect researchers across six continents to share the latest in dementia research. Learn more at alz.org slash any given moment. So your breast cancer, your cervical cancer and all of that, those things you want to be checked for um, through your gynecologist, period. Uh, you know, also if you're within your, your, um, your fertility years and you want to make sure your fertility is okay, you want to make sure you don't have any of these STIs or uh, STDs, uh, you know, the gynecologist is a must see. They really are the front line mm -hmm. uh, first doctor, because also, you know, if you have some kind of imbalance or they suspect a PCOS, they're going to outsource you to an endocrinologist like right. they go, they're the ones who really point you in the correct direction they're yeah. so important mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the next one is your mammogram you know you've got to make sure to look, take care of your your breast health don't think that because you know you come from a long line of people who live a long time look we were just talking about the food supply being all um you know doctored up all you don't know now receptors. yes that's what your risk for breast cancer now is, you know, um, they just, they just pulled a bunch of chemicals. What company was it? Procter and Gamble, I think that just pulled a bunch of their products, their shampoos and stuff like that, because they had cancer causing agents in them. They did a oh. recall of like 37 products. Oh. Yeah. So your, so your breast cancer risk today is much higher than it was 20, 30 years ago. And it was much higher than our grandparents. They didn't right. have the kind of uh, environmental stuff and endocrine disruptors right. that we have thousands of times more now. Exactly. So, you know, I have to stress, get a mammogram. And then of course, dermatological exam, you know, don't think that because you're a person of color that you're impervious to skin disease. Uh, it happens. 
you know, get your skin checked every year. Early screening for skin cancer is imperative for everyone. You know, I had a, a, a rude awakening when I was a teenager. I went to the beach and I, um, I remember I was like the lightest skin among my friends and everyone was like, aren't you going to wear sunscreen? And I was like, I'm not going to wear sunscreen. I'm black. Man, I got the biggest sunburn. 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 Yes. Oh. I was so miserable for like two whole weeks and then my skin started peeling and everything. And I was Oh, welcome to that club. Yeah, <laughs> I, never again, never oh. again with that foolishness. So yeah. <laughs> Oh, you got to experience what I experience I, all the time. Yeah, so I'm living now. I sl now after that, I slather myself all the time. I wear it religiously. I don't play around. Good for you. I slather oh my, my little girl who's lighter than than me. Ah, oh, you know, it's not a joke. Don't think, people. I'm living proof. It hap It can happen to me. It can happen to you. Dental exam. Well, that goes without saying. You should be going every six months. If you have dental issues, you should probably be going every three months. Uh, to make sure that your teeth are uh, calculus and cavity free. Then, of course, there's your colonoscopy. Well, you know, I talked about that ad nauseum, but it's very important to make sure. Uh, here we are at the beginning of the year, time to schedule yes. all that stuff. A colorectal cancer screening should begin at age 45, not 50 anymore, particularly <laughs> if you're a person of color, because the risk for us is much higher. So please get those colonoscopies. And finally, lung cancer screening. Well, that's an interesting one because um, now they're finding a lot of people that are not smokers developing lung cancer. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I, I remember there were certain things like radon, like if you live mm -hmm. out in certain areas, like more like suburban and rural areas, there's radon that will cause lung cancer, but there's gotta be like a lot of secondary yeah. Secondary smoke, pollution. Oh, yeah. All kinds of stuff going on. And, and a lot of people spending a lot more time indoors and not getting that fresh air. Mm -hmm. The American Cancer Society cautions that most lung cancers are silent. So, Yikes. you know, please, if just get checked, you know, and make sure you bring things to your health appointments like your ID, your insurance card, your medical records, if you have them. Make sure you have like, a, you know, your family history. Uh, your list of medications. Well, you know, a lot of times they send you these forms, you know, they email them to you so you can take they do. And, the day and before. check that out. Um, and make sure you're thinking in, in advance, you know, what sort of questions you want to ask um, the provider. Make sure you have them written out in advance because a lot of times you only have about, you know, 20 minutes maybe. So you want to make that time um, as, um, as, as efficient as possible and get as much out of that time. Yes, absolutely. 20 minutes if you're lucky. Yeah, exactly. If you're lucky. <laughs> so should we take a break or should we move on to this no, week's let's topic? Move on. Let's move All on right. to this week's topic? Thank you, Mr. Producer. So this <laughs> week's topic, as we were talking about, we we're talking about uh, Betty White. We we're talking about longevity, living to 100 plus, which is elusive for a lot of us. So how can we live longer lives? What are the keys to longevity? Well, genetic factors only account for about 25 to 30% of life expectancy, but there are disparities in aging, right? So white Americans have an average life expectancy of 79.12 years, but African-Americans have an average life expectancy of 75.54 years. 
Even worse, the average life expectancy of a white female in the U.S. is currently 81 years, while the average life expectancy of an African-American male is only 71.9, so not even, hardly 72. It's almost a 10-year difference. Wow. That's bananas, right? But it goes deeper than just race um, because there's disparities in income too. And the greater one's income, the lower one's likelihood of disease and premature death. Studies show that Americans at all income levels are less healthy than those with incomes higher than their own. Not only is income, which is the earnings and other money acquired yearly, associated with better health, but wealth affects health as well. That's a person's net worth and assets. Mm -hmm. Though it is easy to imagine how health is tied to income for the very poor or the very rich, the relationship between income and health is a gradient. They are connected stepwise at every level of the economic ladder. Middle-class Americans are healthier than those living in or near poverty, but they are less healthy than the upper class. Even wealthy Americans are less healthy than those Americans with higher incomes. So income is a driving force behind the striking health disparities that many minorities experience. In fact, although Blacks and Hispanics have higher rates of disease than non-Hispanic whites, these differences are dwarfed by the disparities identified between high and low income populations within each racial ethnic group. So that is to say, higher income Blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans have better health than members of their own groups with less income. And this income gradient appears to be more strongly tied to health than their race or ethnicity. People with lower incomes report poorer health and have higher risk of disease. This information comes from urban.org and, and the study, how are wealth and income linked to health and longevity? So this all sounds pretty grim, but fear not, because there are ways we can extend our lives without being rich. Like I know you wanted market. to. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I felt a little bit fearful from that thing. Thing I was flying, God, I <laughs> um, You know, before we talk about food and being able to afford the better foods, mm -hmm. I think some of that is mm -hmm. is part of it. Mm -hmm. I also think about living space and living conditions. Right. If you've yeah. got a lot of money, you can afford. You know bigger places right. uh, and, and you're not you know you're not around other people that can give you communicable diseases right. and those things you're not living like sardines in a can you're not taking the subway where you can get right. a you could get something from 20 people you're right. either driving yourself or if you're really rich you're being chauffeured right and you Which only is gotta the worry ultimate. about yeah, yeah uh, see i'm not um, even thinking about those things in particular i'm thinking that when you're rich you're less stressed you're just so much less stressed with bills and all the, all those things contribute to stress. I think you develop, you have a different kind of stress when you have money. I don't think stress goes away. Well, I think, I think, I think it's a very significant different kind of stress. I think, uh, look, the, the super wealthy, also when you get very wealthy, um, when you're old, you have more likely, you're more likely to have really good care, to have, a, 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 you know, private aid, all those things. Very true. Better access to doctors, time to go to the doctor. Right. That's, that's exactly. very important. Yeah, that's uh, huge. And, and money to access uh, a better doctor. That's you know? right. You have that's why universal health care has really got to be something. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to, if you're going to worry about, you know, are you going to be able to afford a copay or any of those things? Or good God, this is going to cost me my job if I right. miss another or day. I can't take time off because I've got to work. I'm not I can't take time off. Yeah, yeah. 
And let's let's be real here. You know, uh, low cost health insurance or you know government provided insurance gives you the lowest standard of care that's acceptable. That's right. So you don't get the good stuff. You just get you know the basics. Uh, and if you can afford more, you can afford diagnostics that are not covered. Absolutely. And then when you get to the next level, it's like you don't even care if it's covered or not. You just want it. Right. And you can get yourself a concierge doctor. You know, those things make a big difference right. too. Doctors yeah. on demand and they they do a lot more for you. So so right. there I, I do agree. As far as stress, I, I find that that's a personality thing. I, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit because while, you know, you know, less income, you, you got to worry about the light bill and, you know, did I go over on my minutes on the phone, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but money is options. If you don't have money, you have fewer options. I, I get that, like, there's that drive, that stressful drive that some very, very successful people have where they really push hard and, and they're driven and they pose a lot of stress on themselves. But they ha- they're also in a position a lot of times where they have options when you have no money, you don't have any options. You don't have, you can't choose who your, uh, who your, your daycare provider is. You can't choose who your nanny is. You can't, I mean, you don't have a nanny. You can't choose where you park your car. You have to go, I mean, all those things, you can't choose your doctor so much. That makes a huge difference. That's stress. It does make a a huge difference. And you're right about those things. I don't know if it's, if it's fair though, to say that um, that people with money don't have stress. I think. That, oh, I think they do have stress, but I think they have a different kind of stress. Um, well, but the stress affects the body the same way, whether you're rich or poor. I mean, I, I disagree. <laughs> there's your stress and there's distress. Distress affects everyone the same way. No one is immune to distress. Yo stress, like I worked out and I just killed it. And this workout was like, so it pushed me to my limit. Or like I had this um, puzzle that I did that really pushed my brain to the limit, but it was so great. That's yo stress. Distress is like, like things like having to, to think about. I mean, you I don't, don't have, have your rent money. If you don't right. have those right. are really a different kind of stress. But there are things that, that are beyond control of, of people. Uh, yes, absolutely. Tragedy. Tragedy is beyond that. The uber wealthy are not protected from tragedy. So those there's family are, stress, there's business right. stress. Yes, they're not protected from that, but they're, they're from those but, everyday kind of really. So I would say I would say that the, the, the yeah. degrees of stress are different. Yeah. I wouldn't say that the stress itself is different because stress is stress. But I would say that the degrees uh, of stress mm-hmm. are different. You know, I, and I, I'm fortunate enough to know people on both spectrums. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like the very wealthy and the and the net. They're not so wealthy. I'm not going to call them less fortunate because I, I know a lot of not so wealthy people that are pretty happy. Right. Um, and I'll tell you, the, 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 the stresses that the wealthy has is, oh, I bought a $100,000 car that looked great and it just got jacked. And that's th- those are all things in reality. Oh, you know, and they can own a business and they're making plenty of money, but some of that business is not going well. I might have to lay people off. Yeah. And... You know, that's a very significant stress right there. 
the responsibility of being where you have all these people that count on you that that's just yeah that kind of business stress yes and and i'm talking about different individuals but you know individuals that that worry about those things i feel guilty i don't have enough time for my children that's a huge that's another but that stress is especially hard for people who are my kids things but i have to work i have to have these meetings or i you know Look, they're lucky enough to have vacations. I can't even enjoy my vacation uh, because or I, I can't have one. I don't have any period, you know, like that. Yeah, that's a- or I'm working so much. I can't even take time off. That Those are, I, those are stressors yeah, I, as well. I, I relied on my accountant and I didn't read my tax return. And now, and I I got audited. It. now I'm getting audited and the accountant did all. I mean, all, all those things, you yeah. know, they don't sound as important. And look, you know, when you're when you're talking about getting laid off, or being the person has to decide whether people. Ah, yeah, that I could imagine is really awful. I think is a lot worse. But is it more stressful than sitting there and saying, oh, my God, I have to face all these people and I know them and they've been with me. I got to lay them off. And some of that happened, you know, just this year during COVID. Yeah. Business owners were trying to figure out, like, well, what do I do? You know, that's awful. Um, yeah. You know, and so as to degrees of stress, but I do think that having a lot of money gives you options. It you certainly does. And, yeah. I, and having yeah. options, for the most part, is less stressful than not having a lot of options and a lot of choices. And and just being, you know. Haven't we established it's better to be uber wealthy and miserable than to be poor and miserable? Like, I think that's a really, like, a no, like a no-brainer. I think misery is misery. Yeah. You know, I mean, what you do with your misery, but I think it's better to have a positive outlook, whether you're rich or poor. Yeah, yeah. that that is a huge. There is something um, to it. So, so right. what if you don't have that nature? Like, do you fake it till you make it? That's an interesting. You know, maybe trying hard to have a positive outlook without it being that toxic positivity. Well, some people have a sunny, naturally have a naturally sunny. Right. Well, they're lucky. <laughs> right. And that's whether you, and that's that that cuts across the socioeconomics, you know. I mean, that's interesting. There, there are people who grew up poor and say that you know, well, we were poor by you know, every we were happy, but, we had, but our we family. were happy. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't want for anything, you know. We never realized we were poor. Mm-hmm. You hear that a lot from from very positive people because their yes. families have have you know turned uh, lemons into lemonade, mm-hmm. and the same thing for for wealthy people as well. So. I mean, yes, it's always good to have options, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think I don't think a lot of that uh, determines, you know, your stress level. I think a lot of people's stress is determined by their outlooks. Yeah, and 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 let, but you know, if we throw in, you know, getting back to the beginning of this study, if you throw in all the factors, the food, where you are, and all that. Having money is a lot better than not having money. Uh, yeah, that was like theory. Yes, I agree. Um, and maybe, maybe the one stress is different from the other. I'm not going to say it's a lack of stress, but somehow, some way, if you got money, you live a lot longer yes. than the person that doesn't have money. Right. And it's not just food. It's not just. It's not. It's just, your it's social circles all, as well. It's all of the above. Yeah. It's yeah. it's all of the above, and and that's that's a very so regardless of color, genetics, or anything like that. As a population, the more money you got, the longer you're going to tend to live. 
Well, this is a great segue because, uh, you know, right now we're going to talk about uh, blue zone habits. Mm-hmm. Well, you're familiar with the term blue zone. There are places in the world where people live the longest and are healthiest. And these places are known as um, blue zones. Mm-hmm. And the blue zones of the world are in Okinawa, Japan, mm-hmm. Sardinia, Italy, Nicoya, Costa Rica, Icaria, Greece, and Loma Linda, California. Now, Loma Linda, California is an outlier because it's in the U.S. and the U.S. generally is not as healthy as other places in the world. But Loma Linda has a very, very high Seventh-day Adventist population, and they adhere strictly to the good word in terms of how they live and their diet. They live as much as 10 years longer than the rest of us, and a lot of it is because of uh, they are strict vegetarians. Uh, they only eat what the word, you know, the Bible advises, and they, they exercise regularly. Plus, sticking to their name, they always rest on the seventh day, no matter what. They take that day, they use it, you know, to do absolutely nothing. No phone calls, no work, no sneaking things in, no nothing. Mm. And they also don't smoke or drink alcohol. That disqualifies me. So what makes them blue zones? So some of the things that make blue zones blue zones are they have good social networks or community. And I don't mean online. I mean, in person, they, they, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, somebody might listen and say, well, I've got a hundred friends on yeah. Facebook. No, no. <laughs> what friends do you have on Facebook? The longer that's, you live. You yeah. your first. <laughs> that's not what I, I mean, they have actual in real life IRL mm-hmm. friends. Yeah. Um, and community, uh, close-knit, tight-knit. Um, their, their physical activity uh, and outdoor activity, um, they stay very active. Mm-hmm. Their diets are rich in whole foods, healthy fats, and fermented foods. They have strong family connections and they live um, low-stress lifestyles and they in no-time urgency. Ah, low-stress lifestyles. Yes, but it has nothing to do with money. It has to do with you know, but just where they're living, they're living in like, yeah, sort of paradise type areas. Those are all sunny areas. Well, I don't know about Okinawa, but still those tend to be low, low stress. They're low stress lifestyle. I mean, they're low stress areas. It's a design. It's, it's by design. Too. It it's is the design. Too. They eat a very plant heavy diet. Okay. Um, they're constantly on the move. Um, they, they eat lots of legumes. Um, a couple mm-hmm. of other things are the women are empowered. They're living closer to the land also. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. A lot of sunshine, a lot of gardening. That's the yep. thing. They're living closer yep. to the land. Ah. You know, when, when I looked at the countries, you know, Spain, Italy, uh, Japan as a whole, um, and uh, Hong Kong, Macau, uh, all of those were in the top uh, 10, 10. The only outlier geographically was Switzerland. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to throw that as to money because there's a lot of money in Switzerland. So I think the money factor. Wait, is Switzerland, parts of Switzerland are a blue zone? No, no, no. They're the, not blue the zone, but they do have, but they do on average. Uh, they, that's they, a very bucolic. They're very outdoorsy in Switzerland. Yes, exactly. And it's a very relatively low stress and they, lifestyle and they for a, such a, yeah. a business oriented place. And they have a spoonful every mm-hmm. day of cod liver oil. That's <laughs> It's oh yes, they don't do that. They call and yeah. rain, or, rain or shine, snow or no snow. They're out in that. They're outdoors, and they start that from very young, and they're they're always in that fresh air. They're not playing around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, those are some of the things that um, 
these blue zones have in common. Right. And if you look at the Venn diagram of Yoloma Linda, Sardinia, and Okinawa, um, you see family, no smoking, plant-heavy diet, constant moderate physical activity, mm. uh, social engagement, and legumes are the main things that they have in common. Mm -hmm. Hey, that's all the stuff you've been saying. If you were yes. to draw a Thank line, you. <laughs> if you draw a line around the map, they're all within more or less the same latitude. Oh, oh that's interesting. I didn't know that. I, I didn't think of it. That makes for a certain degree of outside of outdoor living. Yes. A yes. lot of exercise, yes. fresh they, air. They have they have the ability to spend a, a large percentage of their time outdoors, and the ability, especially in in Spain and Italy, which I you know mm -hmm. pretty familiar with those. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Customs, mm -hmm. yeah, is that they grow their own food in their backyard. Gardening, yes, yeah. Yes. That gardening not only is it stress relieving, but you 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 know you can't Just get any healthier. Being in touch with the you, you touch can with work up a sweat gardening very easily. It's good exercise. Be healthier than eating your own. But mangoes. also, do you remember the project that we all did when we were like in 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 school where we put the mouse and the plant in inside the jar? And they lived uh, happily ever after. Do you remember that one? Mm -hmm. One jar just had the plant, and the plant eventually died. One the one had the mouse. The mouse eventually died. Then they were put in the jar together, and they both lived. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? You don't. Something you don't know. I did not. But that would make sense because greenery matters. Right. Right. Exactly. We are so. Um, we are in with, with nature, with the land, mm -hmm. in a way that we've gotten away from. We've gotten away from that. Well. Unfortunately, we can't all live in blue zones, but there are more attainable ways to increase your longevity. Mm -hmm. This is a list I found on verywellhealth.com. Um, uh, mm. So number one, exercise regularly. Research okay. indicates that moderate exercise when practiced regularly can actually roll back the clock in your DNA. That's why JLo and Haley Berry look so damn good. Oh my God, they look so good. I'm right, they stay working out. I wanna be like them when I grow up. Yeah. Fill up your plate with vegetables. While there are numerous debates about the best diet for increased lifespan, nearly every diet agrees that eating more vegetables is the way to go. Consider intermittent fasting. There are many variations on how this is achieved. You can find that on the internet. Fasting has been shown to significantly extend the life and improve health. And studies dating back as far as the 1930s have shown that caloric restriction extends longevity. A study published in 2018 looked at 53 non-obese adults over a two-year period, and the test group restricted uh, calories by 15%. Metabolic studies showed that the test group had evidence of less oxidative stress damage compared to the control group. Next one, get enough sleep. Most people feel best when they get seven to nine hours of sleep a night. I only get six to seven hours on weeknights. What about you guys? Uh, I try to get at least seven. I really hope to get like, I, I try to get seven minimally. Yeah. With me, it varies with daylight savings. I go, I go eight or nine when it's winter. Ooh, eight or nine. Oh, you. Oh, eight eight nine hours. Sun, you know, uh, that feels luxurious. I would love to get eight uh, or nine. Yeah, yeah. But in the, in the summer, now it's. You know, JLo says she sleeps. Uh, I think she said she sleeps uh, a minimum of eight or nine hours, something like that. Wow. That feels luxurious. Yeah. You know, my eyes always open after six hours, no matter what. 
Yeah, I always wake up in four hours and then I'm able to go back to sleep. So you're- I push myself back to sleep, but when I wake up six hours later, it's not like I feel like, oh man, I need more sleep. It's like, okay. I'm telling myself, well, I should have seven hours. Everyone's, everyone's you know, where they feel rested uh, um, varies. So um, that's, I, I guess that's interpretation. But you should, you should definitely not get less than six hours. Like, you know, if you want to have a functional brain into your old age, like I would suggest not getting less than six hours of sleep. Carefully manage your stress. Stress can have unhealthy <laughs> effects on your body. And can, I know you're laughing and can promote unhealthy behaviors like overeating or smoking. Cultivate personal relationships. Spending time with our loved ones actually does seem to improve longevity, maybe because it decreases stress or risky behaviors. One study led by re researchers at the University of Exeter Medicine School in England found that volunteers had a 22% reduction in mortality compared to non-volunteers. And finally, don't smoke or drink excessive amounts of alcohol. I would say stay away from both of those things. And you got to make a commitment today to make one healthy change per week. And little by little, you'll see and feel a difference over time. I, I, it does work. I, I'm telling you that it does work. I promise you. I agree. It will work. Closing thoughts, people? Uh, a lot to chew on in, in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, and, and all Hopefully plant-based chewing. Exactly. Hopefully food plant-based. Yeah. <laughs> like a triple entendre on that one but, uh, <laughs> you've given us a lot to chew on and um you know i'm feeling this is i'm feeling inspired for the beginning of the year i like it oh that's the point of this i want yeah, people yeah. within their control that th these are things that can be done yeah. you know if they can do it so can we yeah. people yes but, yeah in, in closing betty white thank you for getting us thinking about it well, you know, Betty White said that one of the things that what one thing she attributed to her um her her uh, aging well was not having greens on her plate. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if she was saying that as a joke or if she was very serious. Uh, but I'm pretty thinking, sure that was a joke. I hope so because I remember when she died a few days later, thinking, "Ha, should have had more greens, Betty." <laughs> <laughs> we have today you guys are amazing as always have a good one and we'll see you next week see you next week all right bye bye thanks for listening to urban health weekly today i hope you'll join me and my friends next week so you can stay informed and inspired to take control of your health see you next time Summer is right around the corner, and you know what that means. Cooking out, diving in, and soaking up a whole lot of sunshine. The Home Depot has everything you need to start your summer right. Upgrade your cookout game with Traeger grills and smokers. Then gather around a new Hampton Bay patio set with family and friends. It feels like Memorial Day at the Home Depot with savings on summer fun. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Summer is right around the corner, and you know what that means. Cooking out, diving in, and soaking up a whole lot of sunshine. The Home Depot has everything you need to start your summer right. Upgrade your cookout game with Traeger grills and smokers. Then gather around a new Hampton Bay patio set with family and friends. It feels like Memorial Day at the Home Depot, with savings on summer fun. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.